Good day to everybody on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. And thank you for joining us live if you're awake at this hour. Um, if not, thank you for watching the broadcast. My name is Michael Wardy. I'm a certified financial planner and regional director at Source Advisors, where we are working with clients to increase cash flow through tax strategies, specialty tax strategies. And today I am incredibly excited to have Arthur Karp back in studio, virtual, um, to talk about what is going on with cybersecurity, giving updates on trends and all that good stuff. Um, knowledge is power. And I don't know, Arthur, if that's one of your slogans, it, it should be because you do promote that when every time we've talked, it's the first, first and foremost, it's making sure that people know what's going on. Um, there's been a lot of uh, recent attacks on, um, on the internet and on emails and computers and systems. And I wanted Arthur back in studio today to talk about what's going on and the changes because every time I feel like with every company, every time you take two steps forward, somebody else is hacking in or figuring it out before you've even gotten to that second step. So before we go on, Arthur, thank you. Before I go my, on, I say thank you for joining. My great pleasure. We actually have two other mottos that I'd like to share first. Perfect. The first one is call before you click. And that means if you have the slightest doubt about a link in uh, to visit a website or worse, an attachment, and we're going to discuss those shortly, don't do it call somebody pick up that i know it's last century and two centuries ago pick up that instrument called a telephone take that cell phone out of your pocket or off of your desk and call to see if it's real yeah. or fake and the other important uh, little motto we have that i hope you'll enjoy is regarding passwords and that motto is strength is length length is strength excuse me length is strength <laughs> i haven't had enough coffee yet <laughs> it is so early and that's okay. but 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 do not recycle passwords in other words not the same password everywhere one of the things that we favor is i i for example you prefer uh firefox or it's okay with chrome too they have a feature that suggests a random password for you and then memorizes the login for you. Use randomized passwords. Do not try to memorize things. Let the machine do it for you and then protect it with a master password. Uh, the point is that that's just a simple thing. That's not really the basis of today's discussion. Mm -hmm. Just a, a offshoot of length is strength with regard to passwords. So what I go ahead and then i have a question already what, what i want to discuss are the latest trends in attack you see we are in the middle of a war no you don't hear bullets overhead or anti-aircraft fire the bullets are all packets on the internet that find their way to your local network and then eventually to your phone or pc or tablet or tv even uh, but the point is it is a war we are playing defense for the most part, and defense always lags offense, meaning they're always we're always playing catch up. 
And what's happened, instead of being two steps behind these days, we're four or five. The spread is widened in favor of the attackers. Now, I wanted to give you a specific example of the latest trend in phishing emails. Phishing is by far and away the most common attack vector because everybody has it, everybody uses it, everybody lives and dies by it. If you don't believe that, just try not checking your email for 24 hours and see what sort of withdrawal symptoms you suffer from. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. I think we all are. Uh, we all are. Yes. <laughs> we all are. Uh, we're all we're all addicts, and this is it, it, this is like Alcoholics Anonymous. I think, even though I'm not a member, where it's okay to confess your addiction. Now, <laughs> coming you. back coming back to the issue, everybody's email client, the software you view the email with, whether it's something standalone like Outlook or Thunderbird or integrated like Gmail shows you who it's from, but they show it to you in what we call HTML. They show it prettified, beautified. It doesn't show you under what we call under the hood, where what the actual email address is. Right. They'll show you that it's from John Smith at ABC Corp or something similar. So what came in for us, for one of our people, was QuickBooks at notification.intuit. Okay. Right? That's that's where it's that that's who claims to be the sender. Right. Uh, but actually when we peel back the hood, lift up the hood, it's T underscore Katakura1004 at KCF dot biglobe.ne.jp, which is Japan. Hint. That has nothing to do with Intuit.com. No. Now, the thing is, every email client will let you look under the hood. You just have to figure out how. You can look at headers. And this is the first step. The first step is getting a better handle on understanding how to use your email software. So if something comes in that looks suspicious, you can, if you are wish to, take a closer look yourself if you don't feel like immediately picking up the phone and calling so that's that's number one now the next part of this is in addition to looking at the from it's the body the instructions Wait, the way Arthur, the way i have a question how do you look to see who it's you, from who what email client are you using each one is different you know, some of them will say headers. Some of them will say raw. Okay. Now, I use I use a client called Pegasus Mail, which everything comes in as plain text. I've been using it for thirty years as it's evolved, okay. because originally plain text was shorter, smaller, and in the days of low bandwidth, keeping it short and small was very important. But also, I like it because I like to look. First, I am. I have been spearfished. I have been targeted by governments because of our business in cybersecurity, right. as well as some of my other people's. That should not be a surprise to your art, our audience that governments would like back doors into cybersecurity products, not just those of Quantalytics, but of all of them, of course. 
But we, of course, we, uh, we have no back doors and we practice, well, we're professional paranoids. <laughs> our other, our, one of our other mottos is trust nothing, verify everything. <laughs> keeps you safe. Okay, go ahead. Keeps us, keeps us safe. Absolutely. It's a war. Yeah. And they're shooting. Uh, yeah. So the next <laughs> thing is the body. Everybody has junk filters. Your email providers have junk filters, but stuff still slips through. Mm -hmm. The latest trend to help them get to, get it to slip through is not, <coughs> not necessarily an attachment. We'll come to that or a link to click on in line. Instead, the body will say, please call. If you have a question, please call blah, 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 a, a phone number. And that will lead you back to an Indian call center and scammers who will attempt to browbeat you. That means hit you on the head metaphorically with your phone. Yeah. To get you to cooperate and pay the bill. And they favor this approach, especially with people north of 60, because the an interesting psychological study I read is that you become more trusting as you become older. I represent a notable exception, but <laughs> and also these people tend to be less technically sophisticated, and if they're retired, they, their retirement causes some people to let their guards down a bit. Part of the overall relaxation of a lifetime of the discipline of work. Yeah, work is a form of of, of a discipline. So this is especially prevalent tactic for against 60s and ups to try to persuade you to call the body of the email will say thank you for your order for your three-year subscription to norton or whatever for 899 dollars and people 99 cents and people will go what i didn't order that that's outrageous and the first thing they will do if they're not careful is they'll pick up the phone and call the number listed if you have a problem so that's how these emails bypass the protections that are the current state of the arts. So that's right. number one. So if it's a if it's a bill you don't recognize and a phone number, as they say in Brooklyn, which I'm not from, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a yeah. scam. Yeah. The second approach is the one where yes, there's an attachment. And in this case, or actually several other cases, the attachment will look like, if you don't look under the hood, a .html page. In other words, a web page or a, an HTML document. It's a different format instead of DOCX, a Word document. Right. And what they've done is they've actually disguised it. Looking under the hood, it's a piece of JavaScript, a piece of computer programming. If you click it, you launch it. And if you launch it, it's going to connect to what we call a command and control server that will then download and install for you in the background while you're sipping your coffee or tea. Uh, malware, it'll, it'll install a further backdoor. That's called a RAT, remote application. And then start uh, uploading anything of interest. It'll look, scan for QuickBook files, for example. Right. Those are always very interesting to criminally motivated hackers and then comes the ransomware 
<laughs> they've already gotten they have access to your uh to they your, have they have better access than your own tech support people and your stuff and it's all automated simply by clicking on that attachment that you think is either a document a docx or a dot html depending on how you see it labeled but again if you look under you're not necessarily capable of looking under it depends on your email package and your skill set and the time the point is don't click don't don't click call or delete if it's really that important and involves serious money and you don't answer it they'll come back to you with a different email that's what people collecting money do well they'll phone you in other words yeah. you know it's genuine if by ignoring it it triggers another response the odds are that uh it might be something serious for real rather than a fraud right so let me let me ask you this and this is something that a friend of mine talked about doing because we were talking about this topic of uh ransomware and they have everything in the cloud and they have doesn't help doesn't help okay doesn't help and, because because they may say they have everything but everybody has a my documents folder jam-packed with stuff that they've saved right but if it's something so you know, i think we all do this we have documents from like six seven years ago that just saved that we forgot about and more than likely we don't need so if my computer gets hacked or there's a ransomware that comes in can i just say you know what i don't even want the computer anymore it's old i'm getting a new one everything's in the cloud i don't care and throw that oh. computer out and get a new one but you do care because before they go and do anything else, they're also taking screenshots, capturing keystrokes, and getting every single one of your logins. Oh man! <laughs> to that safe cloud, but you're handing them the welcome mat and the keys. You're being really nice. So going back to what you were saying. So no, cloud's no panacea. Is no panacea once you've been invaded. And it's an invasion. It's a war. You've yes, been vi yes. You're violated. So yes. coming back to this, uh, if it's for real and you've deleted it, you'll hear back from people who want money. <laughs> that's that's a given. That's that's a given. Uh, what we just witnessed here is a second follow-up email identical to the first one I just discussed with you because we didn't answer the first one. So they're knocking on the door again. <laughs> and because, and because it doesn't cost them anything you know there's no cost to, essentially to sending out bulk emails yeah. especially if they've taken over someone else's pc and have them and their email account doing the heavy lifting in the background so, in other words your pc can also become a spam server announced to you there's all sorts of nasties yeah that can be done but the primary purpose of taking them over is identity theft is getting your credentials logging into your bank account adding a new payee and then sending that payee a wire and then you of course get an email from the bank later saying you know you've just had a wire transfer for x thousands of dollars and by the time you have a chance to react that money is already gone yeah unrecoverable so this is why no panacea and why you got to be careful now the next social engineering behavior is imitating say the ceo of a company 
in an email saying, I have an emergency, please wire X dollars to Joe Schmo in uh, Transylvania. No offense to anybody from Transylvania. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm not from there, but I'm speaking on behalf of Transylvanians. Yes. Kraplakistan, to use Austin Powers. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> no, there's no one to offend in Kraplakistan. <laughs> so, so these most employees, you know, when the, when somebody several layers up says jump, they simply jump and then they ask, "How high, sir?" or madame. And this form of social engineering using forged email is a rapidly growing area of crime. Now, how do they forge emails? You can forge one, just like I showed you. And if you don't look under the hood, you won't know that it's for real. Another source of forged emails is if a workstation is compromised on a network that has internal email and external email. For example, yours will say internal only or external only. For added security, they have, two, in essence, two different email systems. Well, once you've taken over somebody else's system, you can, under their hood, send all the internal emails you want so that they right. look and are genuine. Meaning they are, they're, they're looking under the hood, says they really are from within my organization. So wait a minute. They can forge who it's from, but use the internal email system so that you're getting an email that looks like it is from the boss saying, we have an emergency, send $25,000 to Joe Schmo in Kroplakistan. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and you can... If you send it to the right person and it accounts payable, they don't think twice about it. They're like, hey, it came from the CEO. I need to do what they said. I'm not going to question it. And it says it. internal email, right. And it says internal email, I am going to do first and question later. Wow. If I question at all. Is this is this a new thing that, that they... It's, it's, in the last year, it has emerged as the biggest problem in phishing. Over a billion bucks has flown out the door, according wow. to the FBI, according to the FBI stats, because people then call the FBI to try to get their money back. Of course. Of course. So therefore, the FBI tracks these cases and publishes statistics on them, which I, amongst many other people, read. That's, that's shocking. And yes. So there's a protection against it, too. There are protections against this. Okay. So let's walk through those. All right. First of all, if you don't have internal and external email, if you have external only, like most small and medium-sized businesses, there is something called digitally signing an email, which you can add. It involves a little work, and you'll have to probably speak to your computer people. But a digitally signed email is one where it authenticates. Make sure that it really is, if you'll forgive me, kosher, that it's really from who it is says it is so that's so digitally signing is a guarantee of authenticity it isn't a guarantee that the account was not compromised and someone else has taken it over for a drive yeah but at least at least you know that it is an authentic email and if it's for a suspicious behavior meaning a wire request out of the blue to somebody you'd never heard of before joe schmo in kraplakistan uh it at least causes should cause you to sit up and say i better double check before i send the money 
So that's number one, the use of digitally signing. The second one is a, is a bit more complex, unfortunately. I mean, with greater protection sometimes comes complexity. And that is to use encrypted email. Encrypted email means that you and the counterparty have public keys that you've swapped. And if they don't have your key, they can't send you an encrypted email. So therefore, if it's coming from outside or inside but not authorized, but nevertheless compromised, there's a difference between authorized and compromised. Right. So if it's coming from an inside compromised account that doesn't have your public key, then they cannot encrypt, which means they can't send you, if the policy is only, in, only use encrypted email for fund transfer requests or checks or whatever, primarily fund transfer. In other words, not mailing checks, but you know, doing electronic fund transfers, whether it's from Zelle or your bank wire system or any, or bill pay or, or whatever, whatever, whatever it should be electronic. Uh, anything involving an electronic movement of money should be via an encrypted email request. And there are workarounds. One of them is using an encrypted PDF. I don't know if your viewers are aware that you, that when you create a PDF, you can set up security controls in it as part of the creation process, right. which means that you can put in a password so that only the real authorized viewer can open the PDF, which should be the fund request. In other words, if it comes in as just plain old email in plain text, bolded in red, the odds are it's a fake. If your policy is fund requests can only be sent via an encrypted PDF or an encrypted email. Encrypted PDF is probably better simply because uh, PDFs are universal. Everybody has a software, mostly Adobe Acrobat, and it will let you create. Likewise, Windows 10 has built in a PDF printer. If you take a look at your printers, you'll see PDF, and it will let you choose what sort of protections to add. The default is nothing. In other words, you can do what you want right. with the PDF. The recipient can, but you, the sender, have the option of setting up a password, and then you can just use a fresh one each time and text it to the other side as an additional protection, two-factor authentication, yeah. is what we call it. And this way, you guard against somebody who is well-intentioned on staff fulfilling an urgent request from a boss. And this is how you beat yeah. it, by altering your policies and procedures so that it's not quite business as in last century. You add this, again, this little bit of complexity but on the other hand, you add a humongous amount of insurance. Uh, one of my favorite sayings. I'm jotting down notes. Arthur, I'm is, jotting down notes because that's I just, fine. That's fine. One of my people that are not aware of this, and you know, this will be this is available obviously on LinkedIn. It's on YouTube on my YouTube channel, and I'm going to send this. It'll be on our podcast as well. I just feel like this is such powerful information I, I just want well to... let me ask when you send a funds request for on behalf of a client how is it going out 
probably via an encrypted website, in other words, HTTPS, but nothing else, no two-factor, no way to double-check. Does anybody ever call you back and say, Michael, is this for real or is it fake? Or as we used to say in the 20th century, is it Memorex? (laughs) (laughs) I know we've done quite a bit of upgrades over the past several years in making sure um, that from our company standpoint that we're protecting ourselves and our clients. Again, you do as much as you can. Right, so, and when you get a request from a client, are they sending you an encrypted PDF? Maybe you should encourage them to do that, especially yeah. if it's a, a large sum of money, whatever right. you decide the cutoff is. Right. And what I've been doing is when I get an email that, like you said earlier this uh, in the broadcast, if I get an email, I'm not expecting it, I call. Well, that's because you've been raised to a suitable level of paranoia. But- <laughs> But unfortunately, our, our human natures are trusting, especially if we if we know the we think we know the counterparty. We think yeah. it's the we think it's the counterparty we know and like, yeah. or even if we dislike. But the point is, we think we know the counterparty. This is to guard against being defrauded. Yeah, somebody assuming an identity. It's so true. So let, let me ask you this. And I know we're at the bottom of the hour and normally I try and keep the broadcast to 20 to 30 minutes. This is just so important that it, we can go on. So we're going to do another one, Arthur. I hope that's okay with you. I would be delighted. Um, so I know that on Outlook, because I use Outlook, I can hover over the email and I can see who it's from. On my phone, because I use an uh, iPhone, what if I open up one of those emails on purpose? Well, Apple, Apple has a lot of protection, but there are limits. Don't push your luck. So don't look at the, if you don't have the ability to, to closely scrutinize, as I keep saying, under the hood on an iPhone, wrong tool. Wrong okay. tool. In other words, got to use the right tool for the job. I can pound a nail in with a screwdriver. Boy, it'll be a lot of effort. On the other hand, with my 20-ounce hammer, <laughs> two wax, and the, the, the nail goes in very nicely. <laughs> so your iPhone is the screwdriver trying to pound the hammer, uh, pound yeah. the nail, yeah. and your PC is the proper tool to in Outlook to look under the hood. If you cannot do the equivalent, you can't do functionally the same thing. I'm not an iPhone user. I'm an Android user, and I barely use it, so... <laughs> I live off of mine. Um, so when I look at, I would ask, is there an app for it? I'm sure there's I don't one. know. I don't know. I'm not well enough versed in the uh, Apple infrastructure other than saying there's an app for everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if there's not just me saying this, then probably someone's building it right now. Uh, so there's one other item I want to quickly bring up. Yes, please. And that is the other latest trend is insider threats. In other words, your employees love them and hate them, but in particular, scams. And what I'm going to do right now is send uh, a link to an article by Brian Krebs, who is one of the leading cybersecurity journalists in the world, forget about the U.S., discussing the latest scam, which he, they attempted to victimize him, which was a dreadful mistake. And it turns out it's another one of these Nigerian scams. And I recommend 
uh, there. I just sent it via private chat, I think, to everybody. I earnestly recommend you read this. And with the view of changing your IT, if you haven't, to reduce privileges to the least necessary for each person. Typically, most people are given administrative rights over their PC so that they can install whatever they want willy-nilly. Bad approach. They should have two accounts, one with limited abilities and one if they need to self-administer an administrative account. And they should be using the one with limited capabilities so that other people can't, if they get in, the job becomes much harder to mess around with the PC under the hood. Right, I'm willing to bet you that you have administrative ability over your own PC. You get to install willy-nilly whatever you want. <laughs> he didn't, they can't hear you. They can only see you sadly not. Yes. <laughs> I don't mean to pick on you, Michael, but no, no, you're, 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 you're typical for a what we call a knowledge worker. You work with yeah. information all day. Yeah. So yours is a typical setup, and it's a very bad idea. So what do you doesn't do? provide you? You have a user account, one with user privileges. We we can reserve this for a further conversation, a little more deeper look on how to properly structure a PC for an employee so that you are less vulnerable to an insider threat. Is it, and you said that this is becoming more popular. Well, no, more right, what's popular. well the, this particular uh, uh, hacking attempt so was socially engineered. They offered an employee a million-dollar bonus if they would please deploy the following ransomware. Wow. <laughs> a bribe. Unreal. You're nodding. No, there are no, Unreal. there are no, there are no depths to human bad behavior. That, I mean, yeah. There's no bottom. And as I said, we're always running behind. So properly structuring PCs to restrict them and their users' abilities to do things. Or if they're trusted, at least make it difficult for other people if the PC is compromised to do things. Yeah. Is a good defensive strategy that we'll explore later. And I just want to, before we conclude with maybe questions and answers, there's one other favorite saying of mine. And it was composed by Ben Franklin over 250 years ago. And it is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It's true back then. It is so true now. It's so true in every way, shape, and form. It's unreal. Yes. And these so. are all low-tech ways to protect yourself. You don't have to worry about the glitter and glitz of the solutions because unless you build your house out of concrete, the foundation, if you're built on sand, it doesn't matter what you put on top of it. The house will fall with a foundation made of sand. Very wise. Very wise. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Arthur, I'm going to thank you again. Um, this information is unbelievable, and we definitely are going to get something on the calendar to do a follow-up one again because, unfortunately, there's going to be more to talk about. Um, oh, yes, this is, this is a war. This is a war. Yeah. And, and like you said, information, is that's, that's our first step. Um, if anybody has additional questions, thoughts, 
would like to talk with you further about protecting their company, I put your email address down below. And when we post this on our podcast, um, I'll include all your contact information there as well. So yeah, that- yeah, people are always welcome to inquire. My pleasure to try to keep us all safe. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Very good. And thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening. And please share this with anybody and everybody, because the more we know, the more we stay in front of this, the better we all are. So enjoy the rest of your day, Arthur. And for our audience, thank thank you. you again and enjoy your day. Take care. Take care. Bye.